0: I want to start my sermon with a question, a question that a lot of you, hear me, hear me, hear me. I want to start the sermon off with a question and part two of tonight's sermon is going to happen at the Hope Center tonight. Who's excited for that? Who's excited? But I want to start off with a question that a lot of you are unable to answer. It's the title of tonight's talk. And I I want you to take this question personal. Don't take it congregationally. Take it intimately. And here's the question, and here's the title of tonight's sermon. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I'm not expecting that many amens this morning, but that's all right, because I know you're listening. And this message, I believe, God gave to me. He put it on my heart. And it's funny, because I came into camp knowing that Friday morning sermon wasn't gonna be the crazy, loud, yelling one. Coincidence? I lost my voice. Something about words when you speak them in existence. <laughs> I have no option now. However, I really want you to look at this question and those last two words. What does that mean to you? Does that mean running and jumping? Who is the Holy Spirit? Does that mean running and jumping? Does it mean crying? What? What? What does that mean? And the funny thing about those two words is that the Holy Spirit is an English translation. I'm teaching this morning, all right? So let's go take our notes out. Let's take our notes out. Listen, listen, don't leave with just feelings. Leave with some information, all right? These notes you have, study them every day. Look at them. Run with them. In about a week or two, we're going to post all the podcasts from tonight. Um, Just to give you a week to just take a break and and reflect on it personally and listen to it again. when you look at the two words, the Holy Spirit, you guys see these words up here? The Holy Spirit. These are English translation words. So your Bible was originally manuscripted in two languages. Um, The Old Testament, I don't want to get to that yet. I want to read to you guys um, the book of Acts. Um, If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Acts. If you don't look up, listen to me. Acts is the first book after the four main gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—so your Bible split into two. Hear me tonight. You guys probably didn't even know this. Your Bible split into two: the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right? The Old Testament is before Jesus, and it's it's, it's a reflection of Jesus. Um, there's a word in American literature. It's called uh, shadowing. It's literally when an event happens in the end that ties to events that happened in the beginning. And that happens in movies. It happens in books. Some of your favorite movies. They use this as a way to get your attention. Understand that most of the creativity in the world is given to us by God. Somebody saw the fact that Jesus was brought into the New Testament but was literally mentioned in the Old Testament without even saying his name. It's called foreshadowing. So that that exact idea of Jesus is actually mimicked in the both old and new testament that's why we believe this jesus is the completion of your bible you guys believe that jesus says i didn't come to abolish the law i came to fulfill it i didn't come to that the old testament is obsolete listen you don't live by those laws now we're now a part of grace and now in this new dispensation you take the law and you take me and you are complete with these two so that's what the Old Testament and the New Testament are kind of looking like. So imagine with me, come on, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. If you ever want to know who Jesus is, read those books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four accounts of who Jesus is, same miracles, some of them, just different perspectives. How many of you guys know that Jesus can walk in and we all kind of receive him differently? You need him to be your dad. You need him to be your healer. You need him to be your savior. You need him to forgive your sins. You need him to give you a financial breakthrough. Jesus can be whatever you need him to be. Whatever you need him to be. So that's how you have these four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Immediately after that, you have the book of Acts. And Acts is actually what it is, basically. It's the historical record of the early church. Hear me. The historical record of the early church. Now, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you need to talk about the early church. It's in the book of Acts that the day of Pentecost happens. Pentecost, again, it is is—it's a, a celebration. God chose that day to do something amazing and some people in the upper room, something like this, just waiting on God to do something, waiting on the Spirit to show up. And we picked this story up. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And if you're looking at that word Ephesus and you know the New Testament, you know and you're familiar with the book of Ephesians, right? So the book of Ephesians, it's actually Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus. You see how it all makes sense? Look Earlier, you see Corinth right there on the top. Corinthians. That's actually Paul's letter to the church of Corinth. One thing I want to do one day is see what, where's New Birth, right? Because he's writing letters to churches. And I I know, you know, New Birth is an amazing church. Something we can pull out of all these books that, that Paul's writing to the church. There's a church that lost their first love he writes to. There's a church that is focused it's, it's on weird stuff, and he, he corrects them. And, and so, you ever want to know what church member you are? Read the New Testament. See if Paul's writing to you. Literally, it's to you. Um, so, Paul took the road into Ephesus. I love this. And he found some disciples. He found some disciples. And he asked them Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The answer, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. There's a misconception that you cannot know God and not know his spirit. That is not true. There's a misconception that you cannot know God and not know Jesus. That is not true. You can know God and not know of Jesus. You can know of God and Jesus and not know of the Holy Spirit. But we believe in the three and one God. So if you're missing any of the three, I believe you're not living life to the fullest. You hear me? There are people that just believe in God and just believe in Jesus. Listen to me. God's plan was Jesus. And Jesus' plan was the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that the Jesus beside you is, that's pretty awesome but nothing beats the Holy Spirit inside you that is with you every moment of your life. I'm tired of Christians saying that they feel lonely and they feel like God's not there. You're probably just praying to God and Jesus. The Holy Spirit meets you right where you're at. In any moment, in any moment, the Bible says that God has made your body a living temple. This isn't even a temple. This is a cafeteria. But you're literally walking temples, all of you. Walking, living, breathing temples. People, and don't take this the wrong way. People don't have to go to church to go to church. They just got to be sitting next to you on the bus. They has got to be doing notes next to you in class. And they are right next to the temple of God. Right next to the temple of God. So 800 times in the Bible, Holy Spirit is mentioned. 800 times in the Bible the words Holy Spirit is mentioned. Now hear me. Again, the Holy Spirit, those two words, those are English words. What happens is, is that the Bible, they have translators, all right? So you guys are aware that the Bible wasn't written in English. You guys are well aware of that, right? If you didn't know, now you know. The whole Bible wasn't written in English. So what, this was a task, y'all. This was a task for someone to take the books that were written in Hebrew and in Greek, and their job was to translate that for you and me to understand it, correct? So 800 times, let's put that sermon title back up. 800 times, you see these words, Holy Spirit. And and remember, it is a translation. Split 800 in half. 400, right? Let's just say theoretically, the Bible said Holy Spirit 400 times in the Old Testament and 400 times in the New Testament. What you need to understand is this, is that the Old Testament was manuscripted in Hebrew and the New Testament was manuscripted in Greek. Hear me tonight. So when English translators looked at the word spirit in the Old Testament... And in the New Testament, they messed these two words together, right? Because we do not have two words for the word spirit. So that's why sometimes you hear the word ghost, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. It's not to spook you out, it's just that us English words, hear me, we only have one word for spirit. Spirit is one word. However, the Bible has two words. And, and I'm, I'm going to explain it because it's, remember, it's a different language. So the Old Testament is Hebrew. Do you know what the Hebrew definition of the word spirit, where we get the translation spirit, you know what's the name in Hebrew? Let's throw it up. The name is Numa. I'm sorry, the Old Testament in Hebrew is, is, is ruach, a wind, breath. A violent exaltation, a blast of breath. Hear me. In the Old Testament, let's say an average of 400 times they wrote the word spirit. They wrote the word ruach, which means a wind, a breath, a violent exaltation, a blast of breath. That's why in Genesis 1 verse 2, let's throw it up. Genesis 1 verse 2. Sorry, it's not there. It literally says this in the Bible. And John, they mentioned it. And the breath of God filled the waters. But in your Bible, you know what it says? And the spirit of God was blown over the waters. The original translation of that word spirit is ruach, meaning the wind, meaning the breath of God. So powerful. You see the Holy Spirit as a wind in its original translation. Amazing. The breath of God hovered over the waters. So, God has word and God has breath. God has word. Let there be light and God has breath. He took a dirt, he breathed into it, and there came man. The breath of God, the Ruach of God a wind, and exaltation. Thank you. I'm not turning it up. New Testament version of the word spirit. The New Testament version. So the Old Testament, let's say it together. Say ruach. One, two, three. Every time you see the word spirit in your English Bible in the Old Testament, the actual Hebrew translation of spirit is ruach, meaning a wind, a violent exaltation. All right, The New Testament translation of the word spirit in Greek, in its original translation, means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Let me give you a verse in the New Testament where the word spirit, a.k.a. pneuma, was, re- was, 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 was penned. That's a silent P, all right? Don't go crazy on me. It says in John 6... Verse 63, the spirit gives life. The pneuma gives life. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of pneuma and life. They are full of air and life. Jesus is saying, the words that I give to you Is a blast of breath and a blast of wind. I'm not giving you empty words. I'm not giving you, because sometimes you think a spirit is like cheerleading. We think spirit is like cheerleaders. Hence the phrase team spirit. Right? You think spirit is energy. Spirit is a blast of wind. When Jesus says... I give you my spirit. He's saying, I'm giving you a spurge, a tornado. A tornado. A blast of breath. So you know what we're going to do in these next couple of moments. In the next 15 minutes. We're going to look at the parallels between wind and the Holy Spirit. Let's put the sermon title back up. Who is the Holy Spirit? Maybe you probably have a different definition by now who is the Holy Spirit God, Jesus Holy Spirit who is he is he long skirts that's not the Holy Spirit is he running around church losing your heads that's not the Holy Spirit there's a difference, hear me, young people, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit and the evidence of the Holy Spirit. When you see someone jumping, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit. If the sun began to burn down this roof, we'd all react differently. Some of you want the heat. Some of you guys lay down and tan for hours. God bless your souls. Some of y'all get hit. You feel heat and you run. Some of you get heat and that's the Holy Spirit. Same way. He comes and we just react a little bit different. When people run, when people cry, when people shake, when people get reckless, that's the evidence. Hear me. Hear me. It's really easy to fake evidence. evidence it's really easy so the Bible says those who seek for public recognition there it goes right there that's all the power you get in that but those that seek me in the private those that search for the breath of wind when nobody's looking I wonder if you're jumping in your room by yourself or is it only in church evidence of the Holy Spirit is different than the Holy Spirit. One thing about winds that we're going to compare to the Holy Spirit is this. Wind is unseen. This may be encouraging or discouraging, but you'll never see the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is actually parallel to Jesus. Whenever you see Jesus, and visions and dreams and People saw Jesus. It was actually Jesus acting in his role. Jesus' role is to be the vision to man of who God is. That's Jesus' job. That is his assignment, is to be the visible manifestation of God. But the Holy Spirit is to be unseen. He's to be unseen. Do you know what that means? That means that the Holy Spirit's only way of communication to you is not to be seen, but it's rather you to feel and hear him. To feel and hear him. And I know Christians, listen to me. There are churches and pastors that tell you to never run off what you feel, right? And I agree to a certain extent. Because my Holy Spirit, I can't see him. I can only feel him. So the next time someone tells you about the Holy Spirit and says, listen, the Holy Spirit stuff, never run off what you're feeling. Tell them, listen, it feels good to feel what I'm running on. It feels good to know that I'm called to live a life. That is for Jesus, and that's pure, and that's a life of just turning tables. I mean, here and there, I believe the breath of wind. Come on, a blast of air. It's just going to fill my room one day or fill the church or fill my heart. I'm going to feel a blast of wind. Wind is unseen. You can feel the lights. You can feel the sound. You can feel the setup. You can feel the sermon. But listen, you can always feel God through his spirit. John 14, 16 to 17. I love this. And I'll ask the Father. This is Jesus. I'll ask the Father, and he would give you another advocate. Listen, we have the mentality of God in this camp. Remember in the beginning, night one of prayer, what did we say? We said, God, I want to be the person that just wants everything you have for me. This is what Jesus has for you. A helper. The Bible calls him a comforter, an advocate, someone that's fighting for your case. So you feel that? You ever feel that conscience in your heart? You're saying God's not speaking to you, but you still feel bad when you sin. That's the Holy Spirit. You gotta graduate in your mind to say, I don't only want to feel the Holy Spirit when I'm doing something bad. I want to feel the Holy Spirit in and every day of my life. You feel the Holy Spirit. You have a conscience. He's walking with you. He's leading you. He, he's showing you what's good and bad. He's showing to you. It's not that God's not speaking anymore. It's just that you're only being spoken to when you feel guilt and when you feel like this isn't the right way. Yearn for the things of God. And God will start magnifying the things that he wants to do in your life. He's an advocate to help you and be with you forever. Forever. The spirit, the pneuma, the breath of truth. The world cannot accept him because they don't see him and they don't know him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is not, listen, Holy Spirit is not a cool thing to talk about at school. I remember in senior year, I'm like freshman year. I was in my class and there was a church. This is before I jumped into youth ministry. So I was kind of in the background, right? Just spectating. My life changed when I gave everything to God. Would not imagine I'd be here even being a pastor's kid. I was like, I'm the dude making videos, all right? I'll make a graphic for you. I'll shout you down and I'll go home and do my own thing. But it was freshman year, I feel like this really triggered something in my heart. Freshman year is the year you go into school and you're kind of the youngin, and you're looking up to all these upperclassmen, right? And there's so much going on. Some of you guys are scared, some of you guys are excited. I was excited for the hype. I wasn't excited for a life of Jesus, being a freshman. That wasn't pleasing to me. No one's gonna listen to me when I talk about Jesus. No one's listening to me anyways. And I remember a moment I was challenged, and I really regret this decision I made it was a church that had came in. They did this whole thing for lunch. And um, I went to Cypress Creek, and, and there's a really big gym. And I remember, they said, yo, there's a, there's a church in the gym. And I got so convicted. I was, like, talking about something stupid with my friends. And they're like, there's a church in the gym. And some hit me is like, look at you, bro. <laughs> right? Whatever. Man, there's a gym. We got to get, start getting into gyms, y'all. We got to start getting into schools. Who's ready for that? Come on. We start getting into schools. So I got into the gym, and it was just a beautiful thing going on. It was a human video. And, and this is so funny because my church used to do human videos. So I'm with my friends, and they're like, yo, that's dope. Yo, I like that. They're talking about Jesus, and they're dancing. I'm like, hey, y'all, my church does human videos too. <laughs> I just never told them about church. I was caught in a crossroad, and I remember. This is crazy. I remember after after that it was a beautiful experience, and hundreds of hands went up. Drug dealers. Drug dealers probably had drugs on them. At, on our way back, and back to class, one of my friends, he was a drug dealer. He said, "Man, I just felt something. I felt a, like a, like a wind, and I can't explain it, but it was just pushing on me." I remember his face in the world. Put that verse back up. The world, they will reject him. And so he is presented correctly. They will reject the Holy Spirit. Put John up, Will. They cannot accept him because they don't know him. But once they experience him truly, listen, your job is to represent the Holy Spirit truly. Because if you're not doing it truly, you're actually messing up his name. You're putting dirt on his name. The Holy Spirit is not an emotional thing. It's a breath. world feels that wind, they're going to know that something is different about this. Something is different about you. Because I feel a wind coming from you. I was so convicted when he was telling me this. I was like, bro, that's awesome. (laughs) I felt it too. And I got back to my classroom and there was a kid who was into heavy metal. He was into heavy metal. He was the Satanist. But he wasn't a Satan. He didn't worship the devil. He just saved his Satanist because he didn't like God. And he didn't like the people of God. Most Satanists, they don't hate God. They just hate the people of God. So he was, he was a Satanist, whatever. He had like 666 on him all the time. He would be writing down triangles and stuff. I thought it was cool, right? What's up, dog? How you doing? He, he went to his friend. He was like, yo, bro, I walked in before they started that event in the gym. I saw a bunch of people walking around. This is what they're doing. He goes, he's mocking the Holy Spirit. And they just start dying laughing. So those, beep, 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 you know, with some curse words in there, you know, spice it up. Those muckers, man. These weirdos. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a popular conversation. But it's until you present him correctly that the wind, per- listen, the wind of God is like a tornado. I don't care what house you have. I don't care what house you have, what foundation you have, if God truly experiences you, something is going to happen. Next up, wind is unpredictable. And this is the part we hate about God, believe it or not. This is the thing that you do not agree on. Here's why because we are people of the same, we have the same friends. A lot of us don't like change. Same friends, same school, I want to be in the same neighborhood. God bless your soul. Some of you guys have been wearing the same clothes all week. Come on somebody. Change your underwear. This is the part we don't like about God. Be honest. The fact that he's moving and he's doing a new thing means the old thing that was awesome but I'm jumping into the new and that means something has to die with the old wind is unpredictable. Hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. You ever been to the airport, see like that orange cone? You know why they have those orange cones? Because airplanes sometimes cannot read the wind because it's so unpredictable. So the orange cone blows in the direction of the wind so that airplanes know where to land their planes. The destination is the same, but the method is different. The destination is the same. All planes are going to the same place. But the approach is different. God is unpredictable. The message of Jesus will always be the same. But the method will always begin to change. The method of Jesus would always begin to change. I'm a weirdo. I ask questions when I read the Bible. Listen, if you ask questions, I'm with you. You're my people. The burning bush. Why in the heck would God use a burning bush? Heck is going on. Remember, it's not about the method, it's about the message. And you wonder why there are so many versions of Christianity in the world because people are running by the method and not by the message. People are going to church, churches are still sacrificing animals. What are you doing? Jesus died for that very reason. People are still legally walking the world. And they're not reading their Bibles. They see a method and they close it and they run with it. But it's not the method that Jesus wants you to represent. It's the message. Because there's an only one time that God used a burning bush. Imagine if everyone in that time said, listen, if it's not a burning bush, it's not God. Imagine what the world would look like if we only focused on the method and skipped the message. In the New Testament, I love Jesus. Because listen, Remember, that's the Old Testament to Branding Bush. Only one time. Jesus is the fulfillment of law. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. He's the fulfillment of the Bible. When you read the Bible and you don't see him through the goggles of Jesus, it's not going to make sense. Jesus is walking through the streets. A guy brings his friend. He's like, yo, I seen Jesus lay his hands on some dude and he got healed. Yo, yo, he had the right heart. He brings his friend to Jesus. He said, Jesus, here's my friend. He's hurt. Lay hands on him. Do that thing you do. I saw you do it. I'm one time. He just put the hands on him and he walked up. Can you do it for my friend? Can you do it? Jesus it's not the method, it's the method. It's the message. It's not the method. Jesus said, oh, oh, you you think it's the hands that make it work. He said, Jesus, do a little hand thing I saw you do one time. He said, oh, you think it's the hands. Read your Bible, y'all. You think it's the hands that The miracles come from Jesus. Spits on the floor. Spits on the floor. He takes dirt. He puts it on the spit. He spits on it again. He's looking at him like, "Bring me your friend." He was blind. The friend. He took the spit mud. He put it in the dude's eyes, and the dude began to see again. You think it's the method. You think it's the hands. I'm unpredictable. I want to do something new. You think your family is a lost cause. Crystal, where's Crystal? You thought your family was a lost cause. You thought? You thought, Josiah, that your life was going to be over in drugs. You thought, but my God is unpredictable. He's going to use the same thing that's wrong with you and make it right with you. He said, always follow the message of Jesus and not the method. So there's so many people out there, so many religions of Christianity that they stuck to the method and there are years behind of what God wants to do in their lives. There are years, if not centuries behind because of how God moved it back in the day. And they're saying, if God moved that way, then he's always going to move that way. But listen, God is actually moving through different ways. It's the same message. It's a different method. There's one church, they said, Haze is the the, the breath of the, the breath of the devil, and if you use red lights in church, it's literally calling upon demons. That sounds like a method church, and not a message church. God wants to use lighting. God wants to use cool sounds. He wants to be relevant enough to reach you, but then solid enough to change you. He's solid. Listen, he's different. Different approach, same destination. Different approach, same destination. Write this down. He doesn't work the same way every time, but he still works. He doesn't work the same way every time, but he still works. Hear me. Do not tuck. Let's throw it up. Don't tuck your God into what you understand because you will only push him into your own knowledge. Do not tuck God into what you understand because you will only push him into your own knowledge. If God revolved only around what you know, listen, he would not move at all. And there's not an issue with loving Jesus and having questions. There's not a problem with that. There's a problem when you take Jesus and you put him into what you know. The thing about camps is that sometimes you take what God is doing and you interpret it differently than what he meant to do. When God moves and God speaks, sometimes you guys take it differently. Don't be, don't over spiritualize things. Don't over spiritualize things. If, if a bug flies in here, right? And it lands on somebody. And, and oh my god. God, that person is of the devil. <laughs> I just saw a beetle fly on that person's head. There is curses being all over. Why are we being so over spiritual? You're tucking God into your knowledge. You're tucking him into what you think you know. The Bible says, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you need faith like a child. God, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it because you told me to go. God, I don't know why you're telling me to do this, but God, I'm doing it because you said to. There was a pastor. God told him to go into a gas station to do a handstand. He was like, God, what are you doing? He's unpredictable. He's battling with his pride. He's battling with his image. I'm not a weirdo. Christians are weirdos, guys. It's fine. Just deal with it. It's part of it, all right? is what we signed up for. You want eternity? You're going to have to be bashed on earth. It's just, you know, kind of what we signed up for. You're going to be made fun of. You know, I was going to be the cool crowd. Whatever. So he goes into the gas station. And he's like pacing around. He's pacing around. And God's like, the Holy Spirit's like, do a handstand. He's like, bruh. This man gets on his hands and feet and does a handstand. The cashier busts out crying. (laughs) He's doing a handstand. He's like, what the? Am I flashing them? What's going on? He gets up. Boom. Where's the cry? I were laughing. He was expecting laughter. They were crying. It probably sounded like laughter first, and then it was like, (laughs) whatever. He goes to the cashier. He's like, what happened? Why are you crying? I didn't mean to disturb your peace. She goes, I told God right now, if you're real, send somebody in here to do a handstand. I told God right now, I'm about to go kill myself. This is it. There's a gun under the register. They're going to blow their brains out. So, God, if you're real, send somebody in here to do a handstand. I'm not not saying you to try, God, like this. What I'm saying is you're not the girl in this situation. You're the dude that the Holy Spirit wants to use. I called you to speak up in in your cafeterias. Are you going to speak up? People will bash you at first because they don't understand it. It They'll thank you later for being persistent and being consistent. Another thing about wind, listen, wind is powerful. Wind can sail a ship. Wind can bring electricity. Wind can destroy a city. As you get closer to his power, you begin to see the package that's wrapped around it. You begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit. that it gives you life and life more abundantly. It walks with you in every moment of your life. It's with you when you wake up and it's with you when you go to bed. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And listen, the whole point of receiving power it's to be a witness. The whole point of receiving power is to be a witness. God doesn't want to use you. He doesn't want to touch you just for you. You know what I want from all of you this week and for the rest of your lives? is to be a witness to what God did here. It's to be a witness to what God did here. The pranks that happened this morning, last night. Are you going to let that distract you from what God wants to do this morning? In a week, are you going to let something that bad happen to you distract you from what God did to you at camp? Because you're called to be a witness. And listen, because times change, that doesn't mean your story changes. Because times change, listen, it is not the method. But what is it? You will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in the ends of the earth you thought your salvation was just for you you thought God just wanted to save you done deal he wants to save your family he wants to bring your whole family to church raise your hand right now keep it real and honest if you have family members that don't love Jesus raise your hand you have a mission field keep your hand up you will be used by God do you believe that declare it I will be used by God Keep your hands up. I am a missionary. Declare it, I'm a missionary. I do not run off my own strength. I do not run off my own strength. I run on the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hands down. Another thing about wind is that wind is refreshing, it's refreshing. 1 Corinthians nine says, As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You love your God. Because if you love him, he has something planned for you big. But these are the things that God has revealed to us by the breath of The breath searches all things, even the deep things of God. Don't grieve God. Let's go to Ephesians. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted go back to that first part of that verse I'm going to read it again and we're going to close off I'm going to ask the worship team to come up we're going to read it together let this break your heart do not grieve God don't break his heart his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you it is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself Don't take such a gift for granted. Let's throw the last point up, Will. And then we're done. Everybody stand up. The wind of the Holy Spirit will set you sailing. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Last point, and then we're going to worship. And we're going to clean those dirty dorms after. Listen to me. The wind of the Holy Spirit will set you sailing. Some of you guys are in panic mode right now because you have no idea what life is going to look like after camp. You have no idea what your prayer life is going to look like after camp. Some of you guys are in panic mode. Some of you guys, like, I don't know how to praise God if Lulu's not up here singing. I don't know how to pray. If they're not leading me into prayer, some of you guys are in panic mode because you don't know how to live the rest of your life by yourself. Listen to me. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you will never be alone. You are with power in the Holy Spirit. He is the wind in your boat. There is a small place in the world. Hear me, hear me. If you don't catch anything, catch this. There is a small place in the world where the northern hemisphere, the winds, they blow up. And the southern hemisphere winds, they blow downwards. So there's wind coming up and there's wind coming down. Hence, that small space where wind is going and wind is going hear me, hear me, bring my mic up, with that small space, listen, there is no wind because the world is literally sending wind upwards and sending wind downwards, there's a small space in this world and planet earth that there is zero wind, before boats had motors, they only rocked with wind, you know that? You're welcome. They run off the wind. They run off the wind. In this specific area of the world, there is no wind. Back in the day, if you accidentally sailed into this place, you will die there. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. This is an area in the world where wind blows upwards and wind blows downwards. And there's a gap where there is no wind coming. And in back in the day before motorized boats, if you sailed there, you will die there. If you're leaving camp, expecting for a random wind to just push you out, and expecting life to just pick up with God, and you do not catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, you will die with all that Jesus did at camp. You will die. You will die. If the Holy Spirit does not catch your sails and you have no wind in your life, you can have all the promise, you can have all the testimonies, you can have all the experience, but with no power, two weeks away from camp, you're back in the same things. More things just got added to your table because you have not yet moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be the type of Christian that does not go a day without the wind of God in my life. Let's throw up the sermon title. Who is the Holy Spirit? Close your eyes. Oh, Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit? He's a breath of wind, He wants to take your life. And blow it in directions. You have no idea he can do it. Let there be light.